0: Well, here I am. Yeah, we, um today, wow, today is Monday, January 9th, and we are currently living in a great time of the year for football, whether it be professional or college, and tonight is the championship game of college football. It will be played between TCU, the underdog, and Georgia, the defending champion powerhouse. We'll get into that in a minute, but Let's just take a second to truly appreciate how good we had it yesterday. Going into the end of the season, you had week 18, the only thing standing between us and the playoffs. For the Minnesota Vikings, it was simple. If they wanted to play the Giants next weekend, which they are, all they had to do was lose. They didn't even have to play their starters at all. They didn't have to play any starters. They could have lost to the Bears for all we would have cared. We would have gotten a better draft pick, and we would have played the Bears next weekend anyway. We were going to be locked in that two-seed or the three-seed. So all that we were risking was just a chance for these players to get injured. So it's like, I, it's unfortunate, but i the great thing about yesterday, at least from the Viking side, is that nobody got in, seriously injured. What That Soldier Field grass is a cow pasture. It is disgusting disgusting to think about like the 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 possibilities that could have happened what happens if Justin Jefferson in a meaningless game against the Bears tears his ACL on that awful surface and now you don't have him for the playoffs and the Giants beat you by 30. I'm not saying Justin Jefferson is obviously the only thing that's good about the Vikings offense but it's just one of those things it's like you really don't want to take that risk. So the Vikings ended up picking up the win. They rested most of their starters, starting the second half. Zadarius Smith did not play due to the personal reasons. Obviously, we will not speculate, and we hope he's doing all right with everything, and we hope he's going to be ready to go for this next weekend against the Giants. But uh, the Vikings blew out. They didn't really blow out the Bears, but it was it was kind of a boring game. Neither team was really trying. The Bears were starting Nathan Peterman. It's like we just we just we're just going to forget about it. We're going to go on to the Giants this weekend. The Vikings did have a chance to get the second seed and the the way that that would have happened is if the 49ers would have lost to the Cardinals which in th- which was just it was never going to happen. The the 49ers blew out the Cardinals because that offense is is amazing under Brock Purdy and that defense is just the best in the league. Um shout out to JJ Watt too. JJ Watt played his final uh NFL game yesterday. He's retiring. He's retiring. Maybe a little bit early some would say, but um, the point that he's trying to make is that not a lot of players get to choose when they retire, whether it be by injury or whether it be by uh, an embarrassing playoff loss or heartbreaking playoff loss. And J.J., he decided to go out on his own terms, and not many players can say that. So J.J. Watt, is has he is a phenomenal athlete. He's a phenomenal NFL player, guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famer in the future. And it's just one of those things that's like – we it's so rare in sports these days where you see a man as talented as J.J. Watt and as hardworking as J.J. Watt on the football field whose off-field accomplishments are are better than his on-field accomplishments. And that's not saying that he didn't have a great on-field career. He had a spectacular one. Um, But his work in the community, his work for charity, and was specifically highlighted – When Hurricane Harvey hit Houston a few years ago and raising millions of dollars and he was awarded the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, he's just from being drafted in the first round of the Texans and the Texans fans booed him. They did not like that pick. They they wanted to draft somebody else. JJ was from Wisconsin and JJ had to go out of his way to prove to the Texans fans that he was worth their time and worth their money and boy, he did. And then after many years with the Texans, he ended up going to the Cardinals, and they weren't able to have much success there. Uh, it's a shame. J.J. Watt probably could have won a Super Bowl ring at some point, but there was, he was never really surrounded by a great team to do so. But, yeah, back on the Vikings, uh, I'm just really glad nobody got hurt. The Niners were never going to lose that game. And uh, one more thing on J.J. Watt. Uh, the Niners did a really good job of paying tribute to J.J. Watt yesterday, J.J. Watt's um, – Uh, wife and his newborn son was there. That's one of the other reasons why he decided to retire was because he wanted to be as good of a dad and as present as he could be for the entirety of his son's life, which is just, it's just awesome to see. Um, But yeah, so the 49ers ran over the Cardinals yesterday, which led to the obvious but not so certain conclusion that the the 49ers were going to get that 2 seed eventually. The Vikings held on to it for so long and so long and they just weren't able to hold on to it. The 49ers won. Like they won like 9 or 10 games in a row straight from October or November until now. So they're just that that 49ers team is scary to say the least, scary. Um when it comes to that, it's like Do you want to play San Francisco in San Francisco? Absolutely not. And that's why I was so torn about that Lions Packers game last night, because that game, first of all incredible job promoting it by NBC, ESPN, the whole spiel. Obviously the media wanted the Packers to win because they could make so much more money off of Aaron Rodgers this, Aaron Rodgers that, yada, yada. They're, they were just pushing this agenda of pro pack. It, it's the same thing every year. If the Packers have a chance, the media is going to push them as hard as they can to try to will them into going. But guess what? The Packers aren't that great of a team. They've got great players. They have a exceptional stadium and, I don't want to say a lot of great things about their fan base. They've been spoiled for the last 30 years, but like the Packers just aren't that good. They won a bunch of games in a row against terrible opponents to finish off the season in hopes for the seventh seed. And then last week when it came to the Vikings, yeah, I'd like to see Aaron Rodgers win with a third string center hiking him the ball when he didn't expect to do so. I'd like to see that happen. All right. You take those two it's just it's a garbage game, forget about it. Oh, and then Jair Alexander claims that he shut down Justin Jefferson the whole game while he was being triple teamed. Yeah, sure, you take the credit while there's two safeties behind you, protecting you, bro. It it, it is whatever, but man, he's wearing that big hat after the game and he's grittying over Justin Jefferson. It's like, oh though no, that would have that would have stung a little bit more had you actually made the playoffs, dude. Like, come on. But anyway. Uh, on that Packers game last night, just really incredible game to watch. Um, The Lions, they are going to be a problem in the future. They are stupid good. Dan Campbell has done so much good work in in just embodying the city of Detroit and embodying that Lions fans and the Lions franchise. And uh, watch out because Detroit, they're going to be good. They have all the pieces to be good and they're going to have the draft capital because of, Uh, the Los Angeles Rams being idiotic and you you just, you can't really put it any way better than that. I am terrified of the Detroit lions because if that's how they play when they have no playoff seating to play for last night, because the Seahawks refs screwed the lions over, then I don't even want to know what they're going to be like when, um, when they actually have something to play for. I actually was at us bank stadium this year for the lions versus Vikings, Minneapolis game. And, Just seeing them in person, those Lions are very, very, very impressive. So anyway, the Lions defeat the Packers last night because, of course, they were going to. And now the Packers are eliminated from the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers is pushing away the NBC cameraman as he walks up the tunnel, all sad, right after Quay Walker decides to shove a first responder from the Lions um, medical staff for basically no reason. I will give Quay Walker his credit. He did come on Twitter earlier this morning and he did apologize. Um, and he, he did do that. And it's, uh, I wish he would have done that last night, but uh, there's a lot of players that wouldn't do that. And I assume that the pack, the Packers front office kind of budged him really hard to do that. But um, nonetheless, that was was a really stupid thing to see last night from um, the Packers. And it, I would say, like, I don't even really feel bad. I don't feel bad that the Packers lost. I'm so happy. It is always a great day when you can spam your Snapchat story with 15 memes in a row of the Packers' demise. It's excellent. So moving on, we we had the Vikings game. They ended up winning. They're all back in Minnesota now, and now they are preparing for the team – That they beat three weeks ago in that whiteout game. They're going to play them again in the divisional round, that being the New York Giants. The Vikings were able to escape um, with a three-point victory with a Greg Joseph 61-yard field goal. Insane. They were able to escape on that. Not necessarily escape. They still controlled basically the whole game but that was it was it was amazing and the only crappy thing about that was when that game winning field goal was going through it was you could barely even see the ball because of how much the white uh from from being worn all over the stadium was kind of like interfering with it but you know it is what it is but uh so we're going to get the giants again and they're going to come into Minneapolis and this time the giants will probably wear their white jerseys and the vikings will wear their purple jerseys and there will be no whiteout this time And uh, the game's going to be at 3.30 Central Time this Sunday. And it's going to be the second NFC game of the weekend. It's going to be after the Seahawks and the 49ers on Saturday. So if the 49ers beat the Seahawks, which they probably will, then the Vikings, should they win against the Giants, would go on to play the 49ers in the second round, in the divisional round. They would have to go to San Francisco. And we all remember that uh, unfortunate happening from... Uh, the 2019 divisional round, uh, but we're just going to, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And yeah, the Giants, uh, it's so weird. Cause like, I know the interesting thing is, well, the Bengals and the Ravens, they played yesterday, but they're going to play again tomorrow. They're going to, excuse me. They're going to play again next week and they're going to play in Cincinnati. So the two teams are going to play each other two weeks in a row. So it'll be the third time this season that they've played each other since they're divisional rivals. So the Vikings they they are not obviously divisional rivals with the Giants, but they're going to play them for the second time in 3 weeks on Sunday. So you'd like to imagine that it's basically going to go the same way and that whole that home field advantage is really going to help. But um I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to see if We'll have to see how the offensive line holds up, and I imagine that we can have much more of a preview episode on that game. So let's just talk a little bit about what's happening tonight. We have the college football playoff championship game at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. There was some up there were some upset fans this last week because the SoFi Stadium announced that they weren't going, going to allow fans to tailgate which is surprising considering how big of a culture college football has to do with tailgating. Like tailgating is a staple of college football all across the United States everywhere. Like you can't miss it. Like I know that it's in a neighborhood of Los Angeles where there's not a lot of parking and there's really no place to do the tailgating, but it's like people have been signing like these petitions now to to never have a college football game ever again at, at SoFi stadium because of this. And I think the the Senator from Texas said that he would help put that into legislation, but um, obviously that's a joke, but um, you know, the deal when it comes to SoFi stadium, it's just, they hosted the Super Bowl last year between the Bengals and the Rams. It is a gem. It is drop dead gorgeous. It's only what two, two years old as of now. And it's just, it is the shining gem of the national football league when it comes to stadiums. So it's going to be a beautiful scene tonight uh, in Los Angeles as the TCU, Texas Christian University, Horned Frogs, against all odds, they have reached the summit. They have reached the point where they are going to the national championship game and they're going to be taking on who else but the defending college football champions from 2021, the Georgia Powerhouse Bulldogs a team which has dozens of future NFL players on it. And I'm not saying that TCU aren't going to have guys that go to the NFL. They're going to have a few. But Georgia is has been a school for so many decades where it's just a feeder straight into the NFL, an SEC blue-blood Bulldogs school. The Texas Christian University Horned Frogs went into this season unranked playing in the Big 12. They went in unranked going into week one. I forget if I know George was probably in the top four. They were maybe one or two or three. I should have really pulled that up prior to recording this, but I am in disbelief that TCU has made it this far. I'm excited that they've made it this far. They are good. The The biggest moment from TCU's season in my book was back when they were playing, I believe it was Baylor like two months ago. And what happened was they, they didn't have a timeout left and they were down a couple points and they needed to kick a field goal with like 10 seconds to go. So they got in field goal range, and their special teams ran out onto the field, and they kicked a buzzer-beater field goal. And the kicker didn't get to have any warm-up kicks or any warm-up strides like they typically do on the actual field. He may have done some stuff on the sideline. But it, this, it's, it, it's one of the greatest college football moments that I've ever seen of a walk-off, it was a true walk-off field goal in its finest form and now t c u last weekend has the game of the two yeah last weekend has the game of the century against Michigan, and they go blow for blow and t c u ends up winning that game against the Wolverines and now John Harbaugh Jim Harbaugh excuse me, and the Michigan Wolverines have lost six bowl games in a row. Good lord! I know that their bowl games are significantly more difficult than the ones that the Gophers have been playing in. But when you think about the Gophers, how they're undefeated in bowl games under PJ Fleck, and you look at that, you look at that Michigan team. It's like you think you'd figure you'd win at least one of them. Come on, Jim, get it together. Um, that is, if Jim doesn't run off to the NFL to be the next coach of the Colts. But anyway, that's for a different day. Um, and then you've got Georgia, who went blow for blow with Ohio State, and there was some. There was some uh, there was some weird stuff at the end of that game and uh, no like uh, what do what do you call it There was some there was some pretty bad tackling at the end and there were some cheap shots that didn't get called and Ohio State had a chance to go down and kick a field goal and they went wide 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 left so Ohio State was not able to pull off a comeback and. Georgia, excuse me, Georgia made the comeback. Ohio State was not able to hold their lead, and Georgia was able to move on in front of their home fans in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium down there in Atlanta. And, yeah, we're down to two. And as it stands right now, you have TCU as, I'm not kidding, 13-point underdogs against Georgia. Georgia is two touchdown favorites And I personally have TCU money line and the over hitting, because I think that's the only way that TCU is going to win. The over under is 63, if you're wondering, but I was tempted to throw the whole bank account at the Georgia money line, because like, as far as a prediction goes, I don't even think it's a prediction. I just think it's a spoiler. I think Georgia's going to win. I don't know by how much, but we talked about it earlier. Georgia's team is full of future NFL talent. It's just what it is. Georgia is not going to lose this game. They're going to win their second college football championship in a row, and Stetson Bennett is going to lead them to the promised land. Stetson Bennett is a good quarterback, but I am a little bit ticked off that Stetson Bennett got invited to New York City for that Heisman ceremony. Because let's be honest, Hendon Hooker and a couple other people way much more deserved to go than Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett is like twenty five years old. He's the same age as Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has been to the playoffs multiple times, and he's won an NFL MVP. And Stetson Bennett is still chilling out in college. And yeah, I I know that. Um, I know that the Gophers quarterback um is not that much better when it comes to age. But it's like, a Tanner Morgan. But it's like at least Tanner Morgan isn't pretending to play at a high level in in a big SEC school. Like Stetson Bennett. Is sur- The only reason why Stetson Bennett gets invited to these Heisman ceremonies is because he's surrounded by an NFL offensive line, and, and I know he's made some great plays, and I know he can run with the ball, but that's a lot easier when you play for Georgia. I think Stetson Bennett would have the same amount of success as Tanner Morgan if he played for the University of Minnesota, but nonetheless... Yeah, that's the prediction. It is what it is. Georgia is going to win tonight, and they're probably going to cover the spread. But you know what? If they don't, then boy, we will enjoy the ride. I just think we all have to be grateful for last weekend when the semifinals happened and there just wasn't two blowouts. Like, when we think about this, in the years past, all of the semifinal games have just been one-sided blowouts. The last time there was a one-possession game in the semifinals, it was like 2016 or 2017. I forget. But this last weekend, we got two incredible college football games, and that's really all you can ask for. Um, also, I would heavily like to recommend the um, the Pat McAfee show's uh, version of the broadcast tonight, which will probably be on ESPNU or ESPN2 or ESPN News, whichever one. But I watched the Pat McAfee version of the Georgia— and uh Ohio State game last weekend oh it was incredible i did not miss the regular telecast one bit it was awesome and then the new year hit like 30 seconds before ohio state missed the kick but there's nothing better than um uh, than a couple than a good college football semifinal good college football playoff game and starting in 2 years the playoff is going to expand and um maybe the gophers will actually have a chance at getting up there and Uh, getting into it somehow some way but nonetheless uh, I hope you are all going to enjoy your Mondays and I hope that your team made the playoffs if you're not a Vikings fan and I really 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 hope the twins can get their act together and sign Carlos Correa one of these days and you know what let's just have a great college football championship game tonight SoFi Stadium you know the deal hopefully TCU pulls off the upset they probably won't but you know what At least they tried. And Max Duggan, what a kid. But yeah, that's going to be it for today, and uh, we will see you soon.